0: What's working on purpose anyway? Now, here is your host, Dr. Elise Cortez.
1: Welcome back to the Working on Purpose program. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Dr. Elise Cortez, joining you live from Dallas, Texas, which is home base for me. By way of introduction, I'm a management consultant specializing in meaning and purpose, an organizational logotherapist, inspirational speaker, social scientist, and author. You can learn more about me at my two websites, EliseCortez.com or Gusto-Now.com. Before we get into the program, we have to thank our partner and sponsor for this, for this program. It's Cornerstein Le- Cornerstone League and its subsidiaries, which is Cornerstone. Cornerstone Resources and Cornerstone Foundation, which serve approximately 450 credit union members across Arkansas, Oklahoma, and Texas. One of the things we want to call out about that is that they have a major 2021 initiative for Cornerstone League, and it's called a Consumer Awareness Initiative, and it's actually referred to as Open Your Eyes to a Credit Union. It's a joint effort with CU Awareness LLC, whose goal is to increase consumer consideration of credit unions. And contributors to the campaign enjoy an enhanced listing on yourmoneyfurther.com, access to customizable marketing materials, and so much more. You can learn more about them if you go to the short website. It's kuna.org uh, forward slash awareness. So kuna is c u n a dot org slash awareness. Now, on this week's program with us today, I have two favorite friends, Tamara Gaines and Amber Bailey, of Cornerstone Credit Union, we will be talking about the importance of innovation and shifting, inspiring and motivating our team, and the importance of continued education. The joining us today from Dallas, Texas, uh, Amber and Tamara, welcome to being on the other side of the mic. Welcome to Working on Purpose. Thank you so much for having us, Elise. Yeah, thank you so much. Absolutely. you know we have been conspiring, the three of us together, for years creating content, and it's such a privilege to get to collaborate with both of you. And now we get to talk about some of the cool things that you're up to, and I'm so happy to do that with you. And for our listeners who haven't had the privilege of working with you as I have, I think it makes sense for us to talk a little bit about your background. So we have the love, the three of us, of education, professional development, training, and gathering people together to make it all happen. So would you each just say a bit about your backgrounds and what, why you are such a committed professional development professional? Why this space? Why aren't we in accounting or marketing? Why this?
2: <laughs> so I, um, I've i been in the credit union industry for close to 10 years now, and i I always say that I grew up in the credit union industry. I started relatively young. Um, I found my passion when I became a trainer and I used to train incoming um, member service representatives. And all of a sudden I had this classroom full of 12 to 15 people staring at me you have this ability to inspire people to do something that they love to do, um, something that you're passionate about. I was passionate about the credit union movement, so I had this ability to teach them about what credit unions were about, and ignite their fire to see their potential. Um, you know, if there was there was something in my life that I was always thankful for, is the people that were able to see the potential in me when I didn't see it myself. And that's something that I'm really passionate about. So it led me into the professional development arena. I believe so firmly in the value of continued education, regardless of where you're at in your life. Um, and I just love being able to provide those educational opportunities so that people can continue their growth and see their potential and you know, um, pave their pathway.
1: Awesome. I love it. Really quick, I just have to say, and I, I just got this as you were talking, passion is a vehicle. It is a delivery vehicle, right? Beautiful. Very much. Tamara, what about you?
3: Absolutely. So I've been with the Cornerstone League for eight years, but my my experience in leadership uh, and working has gone much longer than that. Um I haven't been in education and training to the same degree that Amber has. But I plugged into my own professional development very early in life. And I was thinking back to a story of I was 22. I was on the plane coming back from accepting a sales position. Um, I was flying back from Colorado, but the sales position was in Dallas. And I was gung-ho. I was talking to the man next to me. I had to have been 20, 21. And he was sweet. And um, he was helping to coach me on the value of being a good leader. And it involved transparency. And it involves being a good communicator. And he was telling me about a book. His favorite author is Augment Dino. And he invited me to stop by his office at some point and pick up the book, The Greatest Salesman in the World. And so, um, I I did eventually. This was back before GPS, and so I, you know, I got my Rand McNally Maps out and uh, found my way, <laughs> found my way to his office, and um, that really propelled me to start digging into my own self development. And um, from that, it, it was it was really my opportunity to just learn and to grow. And that has helped to kind of propel me in everything that, that I've been doing. So as we talk here about the value of investing in yourself and investing in your teams, it does impact the bottom line, but it's really about how are you creating change in people? So in my 25 years of uh, you know being with associations or corporations and such, that's really the thing that I try to hone in on is how can I bring value to people?
1: Mm, so yummy what a great start you see ladies and gentlemen why i had to have him on the show this is such a you convey so much passion and of course Amber, i love your word ignite because it's in my book title but yes igniting passion and learning in others and change and development and helping them become who they can become which is just a glorious thing to get to witness and it started for us i think we began working together and i think it was 2015 that you hired me for that first conference to speak at And I learned more about Cornerstone Credit Union, but for our listeners and viewers who don't know anything about your organization, help them understand who you are and who you serve.
3: So we are actually the league. So um, Cornerstone League is the member-driven trade association for credit unions. Um, mentioned earlier, our credit unions are in Arkansas, Oklahoma, and Texas. Uh, we have a primary focus to advocate, educate, and communicate uh, for, and on behalf of our members. Um, credit unions themselves are the financial institutions; they're owned. By the member, they use the money that you and other members deposit to make loans, and um, since the credit union's main goal is to serve their members, at the end of the year, um, you know they're they're taking those residuals, and instead of it going to shareholders, or you know for-profit banks, if you will. It goes back to the members in either product services, uh, better interest rates and that sort of thing. And then Amber and I, we're part of the experience team at the league. And again, our focus is the education piece. And we provide training and professional development to the staff at credit unions within our region and across the country.
1: You know what I want to say really quick here that I learned that as I've, yes, I've gotten to work with you over the years and that I really, really so appreciate. It. And last week we had Dan Berger on the show who's president and CEO of NAVCU. And, and talking about really his, his role with credit unions. And, and so what I've gotten present to is just how beautifully that you integrate and support and lift your communities. And I just want to call that out. It's such a gorgeous contribution and talking about, you know, living with passion, working on a purpose and, and having meaning in what you're doing. I just really want to call that out as what I really appreciated about getting to know you and working with you.
3: Well, thank you. Yeah, and can you believe that it has gone back to, to 2015 and all that we've been able to, to do together um, mm-hmm. and having you come in and speak to our Women's Leadership Conference and, and uh, various leadership events and and some new projects that I think we're going to talk about. Yes. We, today. Are,
1: we are. Darn it. And I do want to start by presencing just kind of how, we're ha- how and when we're having this conversation. Here, we are, here it is early February 2021 so we're almost a full year into this COVID-19 pandemic and one of the things that we wanted to talk about together the three of us is just really you know this notion of how it's really encouraging some innovative measures and in how you support your members and specifically what you've done virtually so if you can just start by presencing that and kind of where that came from and where that shift happened from.
3: Sure, I'll start for just a little bit and then really send it over to Amber because she did a lot of the heavy lifting. But, um, you know, days before we got the executive order to, to stay at home and before we even made the decision as an office um, to stay at home, I was already on the phone talking to, you know, hotels that we had contracts with. And so working to kind of unravel, you know, we book some of our events Two three years in advance, and we start planning nine to twelve months in advance. And so here we were having to undo uh, months and years of work that had that had gone in and. Um, changing. Yes. Yes. So it is. It was a little. You know, we were mourning, and um, but you know, rallied the team. I think as as the leader, that was really you know one of my main focuses was you know. How do we protect ourselves legally? What do we need to do? What are the action steps? How do we rally the team? We're in this time of such uncertainty. Nobody knows what's going on. I mean, not just us, but the world. Nobody knows what's going on or how long it's going to last. So let's just do the best that we can um, as as we go through that. Amber had been on board about six months. So thank <laughs> goodness she brought all of the experience um, that she had in education because we put it to the test right away. So um, Amber, why don't you uh, share a little bit more about some of the steps that we took?
2: Yeah, um, we shifted to all things zoom related really pretty quickly. Um, and we created a lot of educational opportunities for our members at that point in time. And we had so many people who were confused. I mean, we, I, I can attest to that. I, almost everybody that I know and and me personally, you go through such a stage of confusion. Um, there's worry, there's concern and, we really wanted to be able to help ease our members' minds by providing them with those educational opportunities. And the more information that you can get out to people um, to kind of help them understand and go through this, guide them through this pandemic, it, that's what we wanted to be able to provide. So we started virtual roundtables, um, getting subject matter experts on things like employment law, a very hot topic during the pandemic, and um, just allowing our members to listen in and be able to digest that information so that they had a place to go. They knew that they could come to us. They knew they had the ability to get their education and feel at ease, feel better about the conversations that they were having. On the other side, we also decided to go forward with our first virtual conference, um, and that was a fun experience. I definitely have to say we as a team, every single one of us did such a huge, took such a huge part in that and to make it a success. And we were able to do a production studio. Um, Our members loved it. We were going to, we were going to be able to give them the content that we normally give them at the leadership conference, just in a different way. And that was exciting. It was, again, it was a really big learning experience for everyone, both members and us, but we did it and we shifted and we did it as a team. What I liked about that,
3: Amber, is that we were able to reach more people. So... You know, we were able to expand beyond the Cornerstone region and had people attending from 33 states. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. And that is something that I've heard over and over again in the pandemic. When when you've gone and you've created content and you, you, you've placed it virtually, that you, you do have greater reach, greater access. So I'm thrilled because you would normally serve three states, right? And Right. That's your normal. Yeah. So 333 is huge. Definitely. Wow. Wow. Okay. And then one of the other things that you did that I was so happy to learn about and get to support and be part of, of course, is, is your CCU Lead 360 program. And I know how you and your team put a ton of work to bring that to life and to fruition for your members and also a short amount of time. So can you say a little something about that program and maybe how was it different or is it different from your conference?
3: So I'll quickly say that CU Lead 360 is the whole reason why I was able to get Amber hired and to start going down that path. So some might say that was the best decision that I ever made. Um, I knew that we needed to create an online leadership platform to develop content and opportunities for people kind of where they are and where they want to go in their leadership journey. And I knew that we wanted it to be custom uh, for them to help them. And um, so with that, I knew I didn't have the skill sets for it. And that's where Amber comes in. So Amber, why don't you talk a little bit more about CU Lead 360? I, I think we might be on a time crunch. I'm going to look for a lease for... I'll take
1: care of us. Don't you worry. <laughs> You're so good. Thank you.
2: Yeah. CU Lead 360 was my baby. Um, I We put together a team of individuals uh, made up of our leadership development committee to kind of help guide us because I, you know, we firmly believe in collaboration. There's more more individuals being involved as possible so that you can have more eyes on the project are going to be able to give you the best product at the end. And that's what we did. Um, they helped us come up with the 12 core competencies that became the base of our leadership program. Um, and then from there, we created a personalized assessment so that each leader can take something that was meaningful to them meaningful to them and they had their areas of strength and areas of opportunity and relating it back to them as an individual that gives them more motivation to to go in there and do the do the program itself so we wanted to ensure that you know year over year this program is going to continue to grow and it's going to grow with each one of the leaders that go through the program itself as well
1: Absolutely beautiful, ladies. And you're right, we do need to grab our first break. And afterwards, I want you both to just weigh in quickly on what you're most proud of in that program. So think about that while we're on our quick break. I'm Dr. Elise Cortez, your host. We've been in the air with Tamra Gaines and Emma Bailey of Cornerstone Credit Union, Credit League. And we've been talking a bit about their backgrounds, how they got to us what they love about training and development, and really how they've birthed some important programs. After the break, we're gonna talk about the importance of inspiring and motivating the team and the staff.
0: Now, back to Working On Purpose.
1: staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. I'm very excited to share that I also, like Amber, had a baby in the pandemic. Uh, mine takes a different form, though. It's a book. It's called Purpose Ignited. And I got it out in November. And I really wrote it to turn readers on to their inspiration and their purpose. So that's my version of a baby. And here we have with us today, if, you, if you're just tuning in, we have Tamara Gaines and Amber Bailey of Cornerstone League. And we'll now talk about really the importance of inspiring and, and, and motivating our team. But before we get into that, I do want here i just i can't imagine where you would start but what are you each proud of in terms of your conference and your leadership program
2: i i don't even know where to begin i am so proud of our team Um, we really you know took a took a chance and made decisions together and supported each other and you know it was hard for all of us to be away from each other from the office um, for so long but We did it and working together and collaborating with so many individuals, our reach was a lot um, further and my reach with other individuals that I normally don't get to talk to all the time. Um, So the networking actually expanded for me, which I love.
1: That's awesome. Um, that's so exciting! We, I, I just want to call, sorry, real quick, camera. i just, I just got to grab this real quick. So the thing about teamwork, right? You know, there's something. Marcus Buckingham, when he was on the show last uh, May, we were talking about people joining teams. Actually, not even organizations, but teams, mm-hmm. and getting to be part of something like that—that that you put something together that's greater than some of your parts—is just awesome. I love how you explained that and articulated that, Amber. That was gorgeous. Tamara, what are you proud of?
3: Yeah, I ditto to the, you know, to the team aspect because absolutely every single person on the team stepped up. And if we weren't on a team's team huddle um, or on a Zoom call with each other, you know, planning or trying to move projects forward, then we were attending our own education of webinars on how to do virtual and uh, reading articles on how to train speakers to be effective virtually. So it really expanded everyone's knowledge and got us out of our comfort zones of just the things that we were doing on a regular day-to-day basis. And it created new skill sets for each and every one of us.
1: Yes. And that speaks to the whole Topic of this, of that segment that we were talking about, the importance of of stepping through our challenges and and pushing the envelope and, and actually allowing us to be able to create something new or innovative that we couldn't have before, we didn't think we could do before. And I just want to celebrate that. That's fantastic. Okay, so next, since we're talking about inspiration and motivation, two of my favorite topics, as you both know, I do want to call out, and this is something that I, of course, as a, an ongoing researcher and thought leader, I've been noticing that Gallup has said, it, back in 2020, we went anywhere from some of our best employee engagement in the United States, which was 40% of the population, wow, uh, that are employed, down to 30 some percent. So really wild swings. Um, and so, I, I wanted to sort of talk about your perspective of, at Cornerstone League of how you' what what is your approach to inspiration and motivation, given where we are, where we've been, and that is a hard place to lead from. What is it for you guys? Hmm.
3: Well, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's I, think we need a, I think we need a longer we need a longer show. Um, <laughs> you know, I think. Inspiration and motivation can come in so many forms, and people are obviously so different in what they want and, and how are we delivering it. And I think what we do is we just focus on how can we provide the most to the many. And you know sometimes we have to you know, become laser-focused in a particular area, but then sometimes it's a matter of how timely and relevant can we be and how many people can we impact and um, and
2: inspire and motivate in that? So, Amber, do you want to share your perspective, too? Yeah. So, you know, inspiring and motivating for me on a personal level, it really has to do with the people that I have surrounding me, Um they're critical to my success. And if I didn't have someone initially take chances on me to begin with, I wouldn't be where I am right now. And that inspires me to, to want to learn more and to really dig in to, to to what I do and, you know, which is all the adult education and the training and development that we have to offer. So, um, you know, that's you know, part of being an adult learner is that we need that motivation behind us and we have to be able to have a goal in mind, whether that's, you know, a promotion or um, expansion of your job functions or if it's, you know, just being a boost in confidence, that's education helps that as well. So for me, it's really having the people rallying behind me that inspire and motivate me. And that's what that's what Cornstone provided during that time.
1: That is so beautiful. And speaking of that, one of the things I absolutely wanted to call out about what you've done as an organization. And this is something that a lot of organizations had didn't do in the pandemic. And it's not I'm not bashing on them, but these were choices that people had to make. But what you did was you invested in in, in learning and development for your members. And you know, you've created these dynamic programs, the conference and then, of course, the podcast series that we're about to embark on together as well and to keep your members growing and learning, which I just really appreciate the dedication, commitment, the resources that it took to do that. And so you started to say that you've got those competencies in your program that you mentioned before, but I think it'll be great for our listeners to understand some of the topics you plan to cover. What are those important topics that you're creating content around?
2: There's so many. Um, so some of the ones that we have chosen to kind of embark on, uh, diversity and leadership. Obviously, diversity, equity, and inclusion is a very um, hot topic yeah, right absolutely. now. Absolutely. Yeah. And... Uh, it's important for us to be able to provide education that's going to help people to lean into those tough conversations. And having uh, another one is having executive presence, uh, which is one I probably could have used when I was 20 years old. Um, <laughs> I my and, and I still can. Yeah. <laughs> Sign <laughs> me up. Um, holding, Building your network is another one and planning for your succession as people start to think about their retirement. So um, we're just continuing to build upon the core competencies that we had in place when we initially started the program. Again, keeping the base of the program alive um, and we want to be able to continue to provide that guidance through education.
1: Hmm. I appreciate how your content absolutely mirrors some of the major things that happened um, last year and, beyond, and before uh, mm-hmm. and I, that you're really taking that in, and using it as an opportunity to teach and, and train and bring up awareness and training am, among your, your staff and your members I, and to your members. I think that's fantastic. So, of course, you know, I'm a big fan of that and I can't wait to do the work together with you, by the way. And speaking of that, of course, now since we're talking about all of us love this notion of ongoing education and the eyeballs in the room and passion as the vehicle. What I'm interested though in too, and how you believe this programming is going to translate into staff performance. What will be the difference? How will you know this stuff mattered?
3: I think one of the things that comes to mind in, in many of the projects that we're working on is it's allowing us the opportunity to work with subject matter experts that are in our industry as well as people like you that that we bring in and it's providing our participants, listeners, subscribers, attendees the opportunity for peer to peer mentors and and people that have been walking in their shoes. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, that's key because it just helps to enhance job performance it helps people feel included it it helps them feel heard
1: mm-hmm. and
3: i think when that occurs then people are more plugged in they're more engaged
1: mhm so now i'm curious of course since you know we've done some some conferences together you've you've also done other other kinds of uh, um, formats for them, and then we, you've got other, there's the, the podcast coming out. I'm just curious, what kinds of feedback are you getting from your members? What are they saying that's useful? What is sticking for them?
3: Well, good for us. We're getting uh, words of appreciation. So, so we're, we're very excited about that. You know, everybody likes to have a little bit of affirmation every now and then to, you know, kind of say you're, you're going down the right path. Um, I think providing various topics in various formats are meeting. It's meeting the needs of people um, that are busy, that maybe can't step away for an hour webinar. You know, we're providing some kind of take five and take ten type lessons that are allowing people to utilize their mobile devices and and learn. So I think because we're doing things differently to meet people where they are and where they're wanting to go, I think that's been very helpful in them feeling like they're getting
2: what they need. Mm -hmm. We've been getting a lot of individuals who are interested in signing up their entire leadership staff um, so that their staff is going through it together. And they're really getting that um, ability to speak the same leadership language. And um, we had one credit union, you know, part of our offerings through the year, uh, we did programs that were related to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we had one credit union who put together a committee um, our council specifically geared for that topic so that they could really ignite change in their credit union. And that, that is the best feedback that you can possibly get is watching them do something with the education that you have.
1: Mm-hmm. Put it to work. No, no, no doubt. one of the things that tamara that you said that i thought was really interesting even just specifically about podcasts is that uh you said if i have this right i think i think it was you said this it might have been amber but that people will uh listen longer to podcasts than they would actually then to videos um is is, do i have that right and why is that so why is that so do we suppose
3: i think it's convenience um i mean for for me personally um you know, I'm starting to schedule because my day starts so much earlier than normal because I'm not driving into the office. I'm, I'm still working from home. And because my day often goes past five o'clock, I've Starting to schedule some time in the middle of the day as a refresh, and that's an opportunity where I leash up the dogs and I get my my phone and my earplugs, and you know I I take the dogs for a walk and just get some fresh air and get a fresh perspective, and it's been amazing on the days when I actually do that. Um, It's amazing at truly how rejuvenated I am, and then when I was driving into the office, you know it was a great opportunity for me to listen to podcasts and again further education or maybe select
1: a topic that didn't make me think at all right i remember you used to say uh you're my morning commutally so yes. get, you know get something yes. interesting going uh, that's that is right. so great anything to chime in on that for remember.
2: yeah i just i i think we're so busy right now i mm-hmm. i have heard so many people say how much busier they got because of the pandemic. So, you know, you don't want to stop your education just because you have um, things calling your name and being able to pop in my headphones and listen to my podcasts while I'm answering, you know, an email or, um, you know, doing some busy work that gives me my opportunity to still have my education. So I appreciate that part about podcasts a lot.
1: I do, too. And I you, you both have probably heard me tell the story that when I'm getting ready in the morning and in the bathroom, of course, I, I always have something going on, whether it's a video um, so that I can be learning from. And then when I'm cooking dinner, then I usually have a podcast going on. So you're right. To your point, I always have something bringing bringing some new insight into my ears or my into my into my learning, because, Um, there's just so much out there that's such good stuff and to your point i never want to stop learning and growing so great way to be able to bring it to life for our listeners and viewers let's grab our last break here before we go on to our last segment I'm Dr. Elise Cortez, your host. We've been here with Tamara Gaines and Amber Bailey of Cornerstone League. We've been talking really about their content and what they did to really continue inspiring and learning and growing their, their, their staff and their members in the pandemic. After the break, we're gonna talk more about the importance of continuing education. Stay with us, we'll be right back.
0: Dr. Elise Cortez is a management consultant specializing in meaning and purpose. An inspirational speaker and author, she helps companies visioneer for greater purpose among stakeholders and develop purpose-inspired leadership and meaning-infused cultures that elevate fulfillment, performance and commitment within the workforce. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at EliseCortez.com. Let's talk about how to get your employees working on purpose this is working on purpose with dr elise cortez to reach our program today or open a conversation with elise send an email to elise a-l-i-s-e at elisecortez.com now back to working on purpose
1: With us, and welcome back to Working on Purpose. Another update that I want to share with you is that during the pandemic, one of the things that I did is I went back to my love of languages. I lived in Spain and Brazil, and I speak Portuguese and Spanish still well. So uh, I launched Gusto Now, which is now my e learning platform where I deliver my courses, all of them in English, Spanish, and Portuguese. So now that's a live, new, fun thing. Another baby that I had that was so fun in the pandemic. <laughs> Um, if you're just joining us i have two lovely guests from cornerstone league they are tamara Gaines and amber bailey both of them coming in from dallas i'm your host dr Elise cortez so for this next segment here ladies i really wanted to talk about the the power of continuing education and we sort of surfaced that in the last segment but um we talked about some of the, the topics that you're focused on in 2021 but i wasn't sure if i heard about all the ones that you have the most juice around or if we left any out
3: so I'll we did mention some of them, but I'll gotta go ahead and recap. Um, I can break it down into probably three main categories. So secession planning is definitely um, one of the main ones because a lot of baby boomers are you know, going to be retiring, a lot of CEOs that are going to be retiring over the next five and 10 years. And so it's important that we're continuing to um, help those leaders understand the programs that they need in order to create great internal succession planning. And and then that ties into the diversity, equity, and inclusion and making sure that we're addressing biases, biases in hiring, um, you know, that tie into that and um, the benefits of having a diverse staff, diverse leadership, diverse board members. Um, And this topic is not only about how we're hiring, but again, how are we tapping into our employees um, that we already have and how are we fostering a culture of inclusion with them? And then the third one is it's broad, but it's leadership um, in general. But we'll continue to hone in on the segments of how do we um, advance people, the aspiring leader? How do we get people engaged and and motivated to want to take the next level and uh, and move up? But then also we will have um, a major focus on executive leadership. And again, all of that ties into that succession planning as well.
1: Absolutely beautiful. And of course, the succession planning is really important. I really see that all of those are really important. But that that handoff is just huge. Doing that well is just huge. So here we are talking about the education you are you're providing for your 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 member organization, their staff. I wanna talk about the fact that all three of us are continuing our own education. And so what is it and why is that important to you? What are you each up to? Amber, what, what are you doing? What are you working on? I know, but let's let's have it refreshed <laughs> for our listeners and viewers who don't know you.
2: So I am going back for my master's. Um, it will be a master's in education with an emphasis in organizational learning, performance and change, it's a big mouthful. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Yeah, yeah it's, it's exciting, um, I am, I'm never done learning. I don't think there's ever going to be a point when I'm done learning. And I went back to get my bachelor's degree relatively later in life um, after I had my first child, and and I did it really because it, there I have a bucket list of goals that I want to accomplish. But I also now have children that are my little motivators that are watching <laughs> me do everything, and I want to show them that you know, regardless of how long you've been out of school, um, your perseverance and being able to push yourself to continue your education is, is key. And I just wanna be able to bring more, as much expertise as I possibly can to the table to help our members.
1: And how exciting is that? You know, so everybody who's listening to this, right? She has a full-time job and she has a family and she's going to school and she's a, a another life. It's, it can be done and look how great she looks. Tamara, what do you, what what do you up to?
3: She does look great. She gets up, she works out. She, I mean, she's (laughs) like the Energizer bunny for sure. I I get it. Um, I have a variety of different certifications for speaking on leadership topics and that sort of thing. Um, However, recently, I decided to um, expand my knowledge as it relates to DEI, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. And so, I'm currently in my last two weeks of my certification program with Cornell University um, to get that certification. And so, I'm, I'm very excited about that because it has Again, really expanded my knowledge personally. Um, I have been amazed at the level of of what I have learned, but then it, I know that it's also going to help me in what we do at Cornerstone because it will help to feed the content that we're putting into some of our programs, and uh, and quite honestly, it'll just help me as a leader in um, you know the whole space of creating a. a, a inclusive culture. And, you know, if I ever have to, uh, you know, hire on my team again, I think there are some things that I'll do different. I'll look at the job descriptions differently and such because of this class.
1: Mm, that's so great. Well, and, and you know, here we are, we're talking about the importance of ongoing continuing education. And, and I've been going to school most of my life. I'm the only one in my, in my family that went to college. And um, I have a bachelor's, two masters, and a PhD. And what I'm doing now is a, what's called a diplomate in logotherapy. So it's kind of like doing a master's in logotherapy. So again, my perspective on that is I am continually honing my craft. If I am in meaning and purpose, that never ends. That, And so the accumulation of the ongoing understanding and reaching for it is important. And I want to share that with our listeners and viewers, because a lot of people don't have the same relationship with learning and development as maybe we do. They don't see it as as fun and exciting as we do. So I want to offer that as another way that just to stay current and to stay relevant and to, to stay you know valuable in the workplace Ongoing education really is important, so if we can help you find a way to, to relate to that in a way that's more interesting, we're all up for that. You can contact us and we can talk to you about that. So, speaking of that, one of the other things that we have to talk about is this notion that all of us are really getting at this notion of continuing education as an adult, which is not the same thing as learning in elementary school or middle school. So, could you talk to how you have created or situated your programs to appeal to adults, to work for adults?
2: This is this is where I completely nerd out. Um, I love it. <laughs> I love nerds, by the way, Amber. <laughs> Welcome anytime. Um, so we take into consideration everything as it relates to adult education theory um, when we're looking through a scope of what we can offer for education. And that is, you know, down to the granular elements of engagement, making sure that whatever it is that they're learning is applicable to their life and to what they do in their job function, so they can take it back, take it back, and actually put it into practice. Um, and we're also taking into consideration the levels of experiences that there are out there. Every single person brings something completely different to the table. Um, and those are things that we have to consider when we're making educational offerings is we want something that's, you know, for uh, entry level leader all the way up to volunteer boards and our CEOs because they're still learning too. And and so that's that's what we really hone in on is, you know, those different types of theories. And I could go on and on for days about that, but
1: (laughs) It's beautiful. No, having, you know, and and being relevant. And then, you know, of course, the other piece of it is so that it it can't just show up as like conceptual or abstract or just ideological as much as I love that realm, right? So making it's accessible for adults so they can actually use it. How how do you do that?
2: I think it comes down to making sure that your objectives are clear Um, and, there, we not only have job functionalities, but uh, taking it down all the way to those core competencies that we're offering our leadership um, in our leadership programs. It gives them that opportunity to, to go back and put those into practice and into their credit union, so they can continue to grow. Um, so, yeah, going all the way down to the bare basics—that's what you need to do. Tamra, mm-hmm. anything to add? No, and Amber's
3: got aces on <laughs> aces on that with the adult learning. And, and that's, again, some of the uh, incredible value that, that she has brought to the table and what we've been able to provide to mm-hmm. our members, because like both of you have said, everybody learns differently.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I absolutely learned, too, uh, and over the years that I've been delivering um, various content, and I re- and some of it, like, for example, like, when I've introduced the notion of emotional intelligence and, and some people think that's really soft and sort of useless. And so what I've also found that's important is, I situate why this is important and how you can actually use yeah. this stuff. So emotional intelligence is what allows you to have really difficult conversations that most people are uncomfortable with and don't want to have. That emotional intelligence is what lets you develop a relationship with somebody that you wouldn't otherwise be able to maybe reach. It's a, it's a way to deliver really inspiring messages. And so when you start to inculcate why is this stuff important, how are you going to be able to use it, I think you get a lot more attention for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So one of the other things that's always fun to talk about, and I've got to share a story about this, is I've run to several people, and I bet you have as well, and I bet people have asked you this question. What do you say to the person who's reached like the highest level in an organization or one of your credit unions or one of your memberships, and they feel like, I don't need professional development? What do you say to that?
3: I say, quit. (laughs) Bye-bye, go away. Yeah, Um, (laughs) I mean, we're done. (laughs) Right, but seriously though, I mean, it's so important to never stop learning, mm. but even more than that, to never think that we know everything that there is to know. Mm. Um, I don't care if you want to learn how to play guitar or if you want to learn to knit, learn something, expand your mind. Mm. And um, I, I think back to, you know, Bob, the man on the plane who was such a great example for me at such an early age and that his book suggestion inspired me to really dig into being, you know, that self-professed, self, self-help junkie. and. I think we can all inspire people by the examples that we set and being, you know, a constant learner of something, I think sets
2: a good example
3: for people.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, Agreed, Amber, anything you want to add to that before I tell yeah. you the story?
2: I, I, you know, I would throw some statistics at them, honestly. Um, here's <laughs> <like>, oh. the <laughs> You can't, you, you just can't argue the statistics. Um, Pearson does a global learning survey each year, and what they found was that 84% of people believe that education helps them live a better life, and you can't argue that. Um, I know for myself, you know, that continued education and constantly having the desire to learn something really drives me um, in everything that I do, so that's what I would say. Okay.
1: Well, I'll, I'll chime into that is, you know, certainly all three of us, or all all three of us are doing something today to further our education. And I do, I invest in some kind of a fairly important conference or something each and every year for myself personally, my own money. And I just came back from a week at uh, PSI's seven-day um, personal transformation work um, out in the Hi- High Valley Ranch in California. And one of the things that was great about that is, um, the, the the trainers there who've been with the organization for 30 years said that one of the people that had recently come through uh, is none other than dr. Wayne Dyer well if you don't know who Dr. Wayne Dyer is it'd be hard for me to really presence him but you know a tr- he's a great philosopher he's he's really done a lot in the education space written many many books and is known for his work in personal transformation and he's still going to seminars. And I think that really speaks loudly of the, the need that what most of us start to recognize, which is really humbling, is once we get into something, we realize how much we don't know, right? <laughs> if you're really paying attention, you recognize that. So um, I just really want to echo. And, and, and here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, if learning is not something that so far right now has been fun for you, talk to other people, talk to us. We know how to make it fun. Um, and so maybe you've just had some not so great teachers. So we'd like to fix that with you, Yeah. Um, reach out to us. Um, here we are ladies at the end of the show, we've managed to already get lose an hour almost. Um, and you know that this program was listened to people across the world. And I love that about this program. We get to literally reach across the globe and people that come to it are looking for ways to be able to create cultures of meaning, inspirational leadership and places that people can want to come to and make a difference in the world. What would you like to leave the listeners with?
2: Don't stop. Never stop. Never stop trying to learn and, and do your best and just persevere. Um, you know, the mindset that you really hold is going to propel you onto the next phase of your life. It's carving out that path for you. Um, find your motivation and find your passion because that's ultimately, you know, you're going to want to learn everything you could possibly can once you find your passion. Tamra. I'd say whether you're at the start
3: of adversity like a pandemic or whether you're responsible for providing education and guidance like Amber does on a daily basis in her job, to always think about the value that you can bring to others. So, you know, in the decisions that you make if they're about serving others or meeting someone else's need, elevating someone's career or maybe cheering someone up, you know, when they're when they're bummed or they're tired of being home because of the pandemic. You'll be amazed at at how much you will get back and and get your soul fed in a positive way when you get out of your own way and and really focus on others.
1: Mm. That is so beautiful, ladies. And I have to add to this because you've just paved the path so beautifully. What I'd also say, every single one of us is guilty of saying one of these two things at one point in our life. Either I'm not good at that, so I'm not going to work at it. I'm just not good at that. I'm not good at technology. I said that for years. I I could say I could blow up any technology. And then I got to a place of, hmm, geez, in in the virtual area, I think I better get good at technology. And lo and behold, I became pretty adept at it. And then the other thing that we tend to say, which is extremely limiting, this goes to mindset like you were talking to, Amber, is when we say things like, Well, you know, I've got one of those kind of personalities where I, I just I just don't do those kind of things. You know, I'm I'm really, you know, I got a short attention span or whatever. What I really want to remind all of you is that we human beings show up in the world exactly the same. We are a helpless bundle of cuteness and that is completely helpless. And we manage to grow into these amazing human beings that can do things like win Nobel Prizes, run countries, create amazing companies. What the human being can do is never ending. And the only difference is how much are you willing to invest in yourself, continue learning, continue growing and being the inspiration for others who do the same. So I just really want to challenge you to look at your mindset. What is it telling you you can and cannot do and then go past that. Anything else to add before we go our separate ways, ladies? Oh, this Beautiful.
2: was a wonderful experience
1: yeah me too for me too and again i'm so grateful for our collaboration i appreciate who we get to be in the world together that we get to learn from each other be inspired by each other and our ongoing work and i appreciate that and listeners and viewers as i said these are great resources and people for you to know in the world and if you want to learn more about them you can find them a couple of ways Um, you can go to uh, their website which is cornerstoneleague.coop Um, If you want to find them individually, you can find them both on LinkedIn, Tamara Gaines, T-A-M-R-A Gaines, and then Amber Bailey. Those are great ways. So I encourage you to interact with them. They're just amazing professionals. And if you love learning, you don't think you like it, now's your chance. And also back to what we said about the sponsorship who brought this particular episode to us, um, this consumer awareness initiative called Open Your Eyes to a Credit Union. How great is that? If you don't know anything about a credit union, this is your chance. It's a joint effort with CU Awareness, LLC, whose goal is to increase consumer consideration of credit unions. You can also learn more about them at, as I said before, cuna.org, that's c-u-n-a.org forward slash awareness. Last week, if you missed the live show, you can always get to be, be recorded podcast. We were on there with Dan Berger, who is the CEO and president of NAFCU, which is a credit union base, talking about his perspective of servant leadership, emotional intelligence and hiring for attitude over strictly resume. Fantastic conversation. Next week, we'll be on the air with Brandon Peel, who is a fellow purpose guide and author of Planet on Purpose, your guide to genuine prosperity, authentic leadership, and a better world. We'll be talking about the work he does and this book. See you there. Remember that work is at least a third of our life, so let's work on purpose.